All right. Welcome back to the three party with uh, me, my co-host, Kim Fillion. And well, Kim, you can take it away here. Yeah, we have some very exciting news. We have a new host of the show as well. If you tuned in last podcast, you'll remember Austin was uh, in that one. And from here on out, Austin will be in basically most, if not all podcasts with us. So we're happy to have him. We can get right into it. Uh, this podcast, we are going to be talking about uh, the recent news of Kevin Durant possibly joining the Celtics. Uh, it's very hot and heavy right now. A lot of trade rumors, a lot of opinions about it. So I figured we can jump right into it. Um, so if you guys have any input on what you feel about the KD trade, you can uh, get us started. I was going to say right off the bat, um, I hate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, just briefly, I like the Celtics chemistry. I like that we're young. I like that we're more built, not bought. Um, and Durant's been to what three, three different teams now. He seems like he might be doing like some hopping kind of towards the end of his career. Um, I just don't like it. I don't like giving up pieces to get Durant and try and go for a one-year chip and then have the team fall apart and have to go through that brutal rebuild again. So I just don't yeah. like it right off the rim. You know, I, I guess I was kind of pondering it. You know, I, I guess. I feel like brutal rebuild is a bit of a stretch just because, you know, if we're going to have KD for, or say we do pick up KD for, you know, Jalen Brown, um, they wanted Marcus Smart, but I don't think that'll end up being it. You know, we're going to have to throw in third, like three first round picks, another asset from our bench. But at the end of the day, we still have pretty young players, pretty young, talented players, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard. Um, we're gonna. I mean, obviously, we're giving up those draft picks, but we can also get draft picks somewhere else. Um, I don't really. I agree with you guys. I don't like to pick, or not to pick. I don't like picking up KD. I don't really think that's. There's no real reason to, in my opinion. There's really no. Why would you break up the core that you had that went to the finals? You know, the only. I don't. I don't think KD would put you. You know, I don't think if you put KD on our team, replace Jalen Brown in that series. I don't think that's going to put us over them in yeah. the finals. You know, what I mean, I don't think we have the I, score. I agree opinion. with that. It's just, yeah. you know, there was just things that felt, in my opinion, there's just times, you know, you, you have the best defensive player of the year on Steph Curry, and sometimes it doesn't really matter. Steph Curry, mm -hmm. you know, that, just a little random about the finals, but I just, I don't, I don't think that KD would, would have done any better yeah. at all. And so. sometimes too, like adding the most skilled player doesn't necessarily translate into like, resulting in wins like Stin brought up yeah. the chemistry that like the Celtics chemistry was amazing this year and in the beginning of the year it was like shaky but that last half of the season and basically throughout all of the playoffs until the last couple of games of the finals like the chemistry was there and I mean like the trade package that they're trying to get from us it's just too much like Jalen Brown was arguably our best player in the finals I don't think he's 100%. the best player on the team but Brown showed up in the finals and played very well um and like Marcus Smart, obviously, like defensive player of the year. You'd have to give up picks. You'd have to give up either like Grant Williams, who, you know, his stats don't jump off the paper, but he had played a part in stopping KD, played a part in stopping Giannis. Like, those are really big pieces, all for, you know, KD, who, yes, is a top, if not the best player in the league. But the other thing, too, is like Austin mentioned, it kind of seems like Kevin Durant is team hopping and, you know, we look at his past and he's not the most loyal guy uh, when it comes to teams. So who knows that? Yeah. They say he has four years on his contract. Who knows that after this next year or 
maybe after two years, he's just requesting another trade and then we lose it, him for nothing, you know, it, like exactly. there's no, he's not afraid. He's not, he's not here to make anyone happy. He's there to do what's best for him. So if he doesn't like it with the Celtics, he's not going to be like, Oh, I'm just going to suck it up. He's going to request another trade. Exactly. So, I hate that yeah. too. I hate the demanding a trade thing. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to come out here and then play with us for two years, not like it, you know, Oh, Tatum wants to be the number one guy, but I'm better than him. No, I'm not. I'm the number one guy, blah, blah, blah. I'm not getting the ball. I'm not getting my touches. There's seven dudes on this team that can score pretty per, like efficiently. And then all of a sudden he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then he just stops yeah. showing up. Cause it's like, exactly. he doesn't have to perform to be picked up by a team. Everyone knows who he is. So it's yeah. not like he's, it's not like he's grinding his way. Like, Oh shoot. I got to put in the work, get these four years and then get out of here. It's like, I can come here, do whatever I want to do, walk in, be the instant number one guy, which is another thing that I hate because I don't think Tatum wants to give up that role. He's a 1A, Brown 1B, maybe a 2. And then, like, Durant comes in the equation. You lose Brown, so you lose that tight friendship. And then Durant's like, all right, cool, I'm the number one guy. I am Boston. It's like, you're not Boston. Tatum and Brown is smart. That's, That's Boston. And Tatum has made, I feel like, significant strides in becoming a better player every single year so why yes. would you hinder his his potential to be the best player that he can be just to bring in Kevin Durant who not to mention is 34 years old and by the end of his that contract he'd be 38 he'd be looking at retirement and injury prone yeah he's mm-hmm. coming off Achilles he has a bunch of other injuries like I wouldn't necessarily say he's like fully injury prone like a Kawhi or something like that but he's definitely no LeBron where he's like a bionic man and never gets injured. Like he's going to miss time uh, throughout the season. So I don't Load know. Management. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think we all agree. It's not worth it. Um, yep. Especially not worth it. with what the nets were asking for. Like if, how would you guys feel if it was like the original um, like trade that the Celtics wanted was Brown white and like a couple picks, obviously that's a little better than the trade offer that the nets asked for, but, even that is like kind of risky, you know, like that's not like we mentioned, it doesn't guarantee a championship and it kind of is just ruining a team that is only getting better. They've only gotten better every single year. And they've improved with the Brogdon edition, the Gallinari edition. Like why wouldn't you want to like see where that goes? Also depends on if Brad Stevens is in a win now uh, mindset as well. Uh, Just because I mean, I don't know if the addition, I mean, I guess the addition of Brogdon and Gallinari makes me think that's, what he's trying to do because that's just two additions of the team that were, I mean, I didn't even think we could afford them to be honest. I know that we traded away um, some pieces to free up cap space, but I didn't, I mean, we weren't really paying Tice that much. We weren't paying Neesmith a dime at all. So it just was kind of confusing to me. Um, But at the same time, uh, I still don't think that if you really want to win now, I don't really think you need KD like we talked about. Um, But because I mean, even with a team like you know, where would you fit KD in a roster and a lineup of like Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Al Horford, like at the two? It just mm-hmm. doesn't. I mean, I guess you know, as KD, he, I guess he could play the two, but it just doesn't really. It looks good on paper, like it'd be a nice fucking two K my team, but I don't really think that would work at all, um, especially with the Boston offense and what they try to do because a lot of their obviously their their play style is trying to get the ball to Tatum in the high post and then work off that or just, you know, Brown uses the athleticism to get to the rim, stuff like that. It's 
mainly based off of Tatum's play. But what Austin said, you know, if you insert KD there, and that's just going to it's going to mess up a whole lot of the mojo they have. So yeah. and I, I don't think that they're good. I think that they have a chip on their shoulder as opposed to what they were last season because, you know, how we started off last season. I mean, completely different from what we were um, at the end of the season, which was it just I, I think it was the single best turnaround, right, ever. It was and it was up there. I mean, we went like yeah. we only lost like seven or eight, maybe more games in the after the all-star break. So I mean that's which is crazy. That's, all, I mean, that's, that's the, an insane stat. The other thing too is right, like I mean, if if Brooklyn gives you a trade, you can't deny like you almost have to take it. And I guess you like as a Celtics fan, you can't be mad picking up KD, right? Like it's it's Durant, like and if like if they give you something, you just can't deny you have to take it. But yeah. I'd much rather yeah. see us do something with like our higher value players, like in the moment. Like <clears throat> I think Cam, you had mentioned it earlier, Grant Williams, dude. His trade value right now is the highest it will ever be. Yeah. Like you don't like I think if you're the Celtics, right? I mean, you've already picked up Gallinari, you've got Brogdon. These are high-level role players that break into like kind of close to the upper echelons when they're really on their game. Maybe not so much Gallinari, but Brogdon definitely. Like, if you're going to do Gallinari's anything, a really good score, though. Yeah, if you're going to do anything, I say you take your like kind of middle-of-the-pack guys that are coming off of, you know, a run at the finals, and you go, all right, we're not looking for this superstar player. We've got our set in stone. We want Tatum, we want Brown to just grow and be these – like crazy dynamic duo, you know, type players. And then you just, you just go after some really solid role players, guys that maybe are late twenties, 28, 29, maybe early thirties, have the experience, have the right mentality, know their role. Like I just much rather see us pursue something like that than go after, you know, big name, go after 34 year old. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think we really need to shake up. Uh, other than, you know, obviously KD, the KD trade sweepstakes is a market that everybody, everybody in the NBA is trying to take their hand at. But I think that with the roster that we have right now, what starting five would be uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, for probably Grant Williams and their actually no Robert Williams and Al Horford interchangeable. Um, and then off the bench, what Peyton Pritchard, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, uh, who am I? Who am I blanking on? Grant, Grant if he's not starting. Yeah, uh, yeah Grant as well. Um, Matt Ryan. I just, I, Matt Ryan. <laughs> I just feel like that that lineup, or, and Gallinari too. Um, yeah. Just overall, I mean, obviously, I think we still need to pick up a, a better backup center. Um, I've heard we're in the Thomas Bryan sweepstakes, which is good because he's pretty good. Um, he's a he's a good center, uh, rim protecting center, and just grabs those rebounds. So. Um, somebody that we like, obviously, on the Celtics. We don't really, we don't mess with the stretch bigs. So um, yeah, on I mean Al Horford is just kind of a stretch big, but he does yeah, it all. I'd say he's kind of, he does it all. On paper, we seem really similar to that that Kyrie Irving Celtics crew, uh, mm-hmm. where we had the one of the Morrises, Kyrie, and then like our like regular squad. But we're we're a team that's like pause right, eight dudes deep, nine dudes deep, like. <laughs> No, they have I a just, depth ten. ten dudes deep. Damn, that's crazy. That's a lot of dudes. Um, I just, yeah, I, just, I, 
I hated hearing that too. And I hate the publicity it gets because I mean, I'm sure we've all seen Jalen Brown's tweet. He's like, you know, here's these trade rumors. Tatum's out here talking about, he likes the state of the team. He likes how it is. We've got Boston fans holding up signs at Red Sox games saying Mm -hmm. we want Jalen. Like obviously the city's behind him. It seems like the teammates are behind him. I don't know how they're, if they're talking to the front office, if they're able to do anything, if they have any, you know, persuasion, but I think Brad Stevens is smart enough to listen to the players um, Mm -hmm. and the coach too. I mean, I don't, I haven't heard anything about Ime talking about it, but I'd assume he's probably like, Hey, I just got with this group of guys. We started off a little, "Eh," but we started meshing. Like, it seems like everyone's in it together. Like, yeah, I say we're in it for the long haul, but it, really, I mean, we just made it to the finals. Four more years, those elite level players are phasing out of the game, and who's coming in? Brown, top tier shooting guard, not the top top, but a really high quality shooting guard. Tatum, people are saying he's you know top five, maybe higher, small forward in the league, like defensive player of the year. I just, I love yeah. what we have, and I just, I hate that it gets so much publicity because you know we don't see what goes on behind the scenes. But, you know, Brown could be texting all these guys like, dude, what the hell's going on? Why why are they trying to get rid of me for Durant? We just swept him. Yeah. No, I was going to bring that up, too. I think Austin brings up a great point. Like, that's why I feel like announcing, like, on ESPN they're talking about it and stuff like that, like, announcing trade packages that are offered, I feel is so detrimental to team chemistry because then, like, all right, the guy that is in those trade packages obviously will see it. And then – he doesn't end up getting traded, which I, I don't think Brown's going to end up getting traded. Like, how, how does that affect team chemistry? How is it like you walk into practice and you look at Brad Stevens and you're like, you tried to trade me, bro. Like, that's got to affect chemistry in some way, shape or form. And that's one of the main reasons why I didn't like the package at all, because I'm like, it's unrealistic. I don't think it's going to happen because at the end of the day, the Nets, you've seen what they've been asking other teams. They're asking for two months. They asked for Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards and picks. Like That's they're not ridiculous. looking, they're not That's looking for, yeah, they're not looking for a fair trade. So why even indulge in the conversation and why even put it out there that you're trying to trade Jalen Brown? Because now he almost probably feels attacked and he almost feels disrespected. And he, even a couple months ago, or maybe not a couple months ago, but even after the season ended, I don't know if you guys saw, but he had liked a tweet where somebody was like, Jalen Brown gets so disrespected by Boston or something like that. So like Brown was already feeling this way. And now you add this on top of it. I hope it like fuels him to want to play better for Boston. But like, if you're in his situation, you're like, this front office doesn't even respect me. They see me play good and want to ship me off immediately. You know, so food for thought, food for right. That's the saying. I don't know. I'm yeah. yeah. Well, um, do you think this lights a fire under Brown? You think he just comes out next season, just absolutely destroys? Like people start talking, like is Brown that guy now? Like does he take over? I hope he doesn't request a trade or something like that. I mean, I just I hope he doesn't do. At the end of the day, also, I mean, how many years does he have left in his contract? We re-signed him two years ago. It's got to be like still like two or three. I'm assuming I can check, but you know, obviously, he'll still have those two or three years left. He doesn't get traded, but there will be, you know, other experiences that will have that will maybe give a positive outlook for Boston for Jalen Brown. But at the same time, so far, you know, like we've talked about, he's been disrespected. Um, and just the city of Boston in general, you know, there is nuances. And, I mean, I think Jalen Brown definitely picks up on those. And 
he is just, uh, you know, I would say he's a social justice warrior. So he's one of those guys that will stand up for what's right and everything. So I just feel like at the end of the day, he might just go somewhere else. You know, he might just sign somewhere else. And at that point, well, we won't get anything. We don't get any return from, I mean, we'll, we'll get three years out of him, but still he might, yeah. you know, underperform. He might hold out. Yeah. Depending that's... on how he's feeling about stuff. It just, mm-hmm. especially with how things are going now. I mean, Ben Simmons held out for, I mean, who knows if he was actually hurt, but players can pull you know, that type of stuff now. And it's just, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's scary for that's sure. A really good I don't point. want to keep feeling, but yeah. You know, if, if we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and, you know, he's, he's upset with management or, you know, they're like trying to do some sort of deal rework, you know, really early on, obviously to lock him down. And, you know, he, he's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not getting what I want. Blah, 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 blah. Like, we don't we don't see that stuff. We only see what's you know ESPN, Woj Bomb, like all that stuff. So we yeah. don't we don't know if they're working on a contract negotiation now for way later. And he's like, damn, bro, like I I don't really know if I like this. Like I think I'm better than this. And then you know that's why he's on the trade block because in three years Boston doesn't think they're reacquiring Brown. So I guess you know if that is the case, right? Like if something's happening. And then they're like, all right, we don't have like we've got two, three more years with this dude, and then he's gone. It's like, well, I guess that makes sense then to ship him out and try and get that that superstar player. But again, like, why get rid of all your other pieces? So I mean, I, I just while there could be some positives to it, you know, if there's stuff that we don't know what's going on, I at the really end of the yeah. day, I just think it's I think it's a, a poor idea. And it's I don't know, it seems like it's kind of a been a not a shitty offseason, but you know, it's like you come off the the finals loss where you, you really didn't show out against golden state, not beat yourselves. Like they played well, but you get all this. And then your teams, there's talk about teams splitting up and it's like, why would you really want to split up a team that just went to the finals? And then, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. And I hated, I hated seeing it the second I saw it. I, I texted Thanks. a bunch of people. I was like, this has got to be a joke, right? Like, yeah. I just, it, I, I also thought it was a joke. That was like a, one of those troll posts, but you know, yeah, the other thing too is like the news had dropped, but I like saw stuff about how like this has been like talk in talks for like weeks now, and like they're just now kind of coming out with the trade packages. But for all we know, this could have been a trade package that was offered weeks ago and nothing came of it. And now they're just finally reporting it, um, just because you know obviously like ESPN and all those places they want news to talk about, so they probably mm-hmm. keep stuff uh, in the bank until they feel as though they need it and then they use it. So. I mean, for all we know, this could just be old news and they're just talking about it for no reason. But true. And, Very true. You know, it's 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 no uh, it's it's not, you know, a secret that Boston's wanted Durant. I mean, when they looked at him when he was on the Warriors, like or well, before he went to the Warriors, they tried to get yeah. him. I think they tried to get him when he was on the Warriors. Like clearly Boston's got something or the, the front office in Boston has something for Durant. So um and on uh I forget which sports book it was, um, but I saw something. The Durant was like his highest odds of going to a team was Boston. If you wanted to make that bet, and I was like, "Damn!" Do you remember bro. what the odds were on that? I want to say it was like plus four fifty. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's actually. I mean, that's I feel like it's impossible is. to predict that type of stuff, though. Vegas you know? knows like, everything. Who could have predicted KD was going to the Warriors? Before he was going, like you yeah, know, yeah, that's true. That's that actually like, true. Yeah, very sudden. Like out of all um, the teams, the team that just won the finals. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the snake. 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of stuff that obviously we don't know. Um, so I, it's just a waiting game. We have to wait to see what happens. Uh, but I think we all agree that we want the team to stay the way it is. Um, yeah, so. definitely. Something I would like to hear is someone that honestly thinks that this trade is good for Boston. I would love to hear their opinion and as to why, because I haven't yeah. talked to a single person that thinks that way. And I'm sure there's someone out there. Some yeah. absolutely I mean, crazy person, but I'd love yeah. to just hear their reasoning behind that because I don't so, think there's any way it should ever be conceived. Like, yeah, I feel like us Boston fans too, and, and as fans of any team, you you kind of like gain emotional connections to players. So like we've had Smart since what 2014, 2015. Brown has been with us for so long now. So I could see maybe from the outside looking in, from like a fan of another team, you're like, oh, why wouldn't you make that trade? It's Kevin Durant, but. Mm-hmm. You know, as Celtics fans, you're you're emotionally connected to what these guys have been doing for you for the last couple of years. That it's hard to just be like, "All right, bye." We want Kevin Durant now. So, yeah, I think especially yeah. for for the fans, it's it's tougher to accept a trade like that. Whether like, you know, if you're a fan from another team, it might not look as bad. But because I know like, a lot of people don't like Smart, they're like, "Smart's not that good." So like they probably don't even see it as a bad trade, but that's true. You know, the other thing too, is they don't watch, you know, 60 of their opposing yeah. teams games. Like I'm not out here watching 60 of the sun's games. And if I saw something on ESPN that was like sun's package deal book, you know, someone else in bridges or first round picks for Kevin Durant, I'd be like, Holy shit, take that trade. But yeah, exactly. You know, to them, but the sun's probably, fans are like, you're crazy. Yeah. So yeah, for real. I think Devin Booker's a god. Devin Booker's so mid, dude. Sorry. Also, no. First of all, Devin Booker is on a revenge tour after the Kardashian or whatever Jenner split up. Like, I think he's going to go nuclear next year as that he has motivation now. He's going to be like Jordan Poole. He's playing for the girls in the crowd. So, love to see for sure. (laughs) One other thing uh, that I wanted to kind of go over this segment was like possible very way too early award predictions obviously like it's so hard to predict these right now um but like you know for mvp rookie of the year most improved stuff like that uh i guess we can maybe start with like mvp because i guess that's like the most popular one um one guy i had in mind for mvp was was luca i mean i think that's like an obvious choice for a lot of people mm-hmm. um we've seen him improve time and time again and I know he lost Brunson, but like he gained Christian Wood. Um, they made it to the conference finals. I think if they put up another good season and he continues to improve, he's very well in the running for it. Because like many people have him top five, even above that now in the whole entire league. So, um, I mean, for me, I think Luca's a, a good pick for the MVP. But um, what do you guys think? Um, I think I, I mean, on in all honesty. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a hot take, but I feel like Jokic is going to three-peat. Um, yeah. Like, it's just – but the way he plays and just everything, like, even if they're losing, they'll still, like – I mean, he'll still put up the stats. He'll still put up a triple-double. Like, so I think in terms of just, like, how the voting works and everything, like, Jokic True. will win by default. Um, just, I mean, and also they have a chance of, like, a healthy Nuggets team – is a really good team. So, you know, yes. if they can stay healthy is, is the big if, but um, 
you know, if they even go that far in the playoffs, they'll just add more to his resume for that MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't see a three-peat being uh, weird for sure. I think that can definitely happen. Yeah. So I, I was between two guys. Um, I was between Embiid and Jokic for this. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think, I think is, yeah. I think with the healthy Denver Nuggets roster, I think Jokic's production goes down. That's what I was a little say, bit, yeah. um, and that's the only reason I would say I think Embiid's got it this year. Also, I think he is really fed up with just like he, yeah, like I think he just comes out this year and, like he dominates every year. Like don't get me wrong, like he's a nuke every year and he's such a force to play against. But I don't know. I just feel like he comes out this year and he goes. I was robbed last year. I'm not getting robbed this year. I'm coming out and I'm putting up, you know, 28, 13, and, you know, four assists, four blocks. Maybe not four blocks. That's a ridiculous number, right? That's kind of high. But I just I just see him absolutely taking over this year. And I, I think Harden is – I hate him. I don't – I shouldn't say I hate him. I don't like his game. I yeah. think he's kind of fading away and, you know – the games I watched him play last season, he just didn't really look like he did anything. And I think Embiid's just finally going to be like, all right, that's it. I'm ball hogging. I'm taking all the shots. I'm going off. I'm scoring 20, 40 plus point games this season. And I'm that guy now. Like, this is my year. The process is over. This is my year. You know, in process. Yeah. No, you bring up good points. And I think, too, like if James Harden. Uh, stops playing like he just walked out of the club and walked onto the court, then maybe they're a top seed. Maybe they make some noise, which would help. Um, I think Embiid is definitely skilled enough to do it. I think the only thing is, is he is kind of injury prone. Like he does get injured a lot. He's a big guy and he's on the ground a lot. So in a scenario where Embiid plays practically a full season, obviously he probably is going to miss a couple games. Then I think he's like, a great choice for that. I think he, he's definitely one of the front runners. Um, so moving on, maybe we could talk about rookie of the year. A guy that I think is going to win rookie of the year is, um, and I'm not biased because of Duke, but Paulo Bancaro. I think he's just the most NBA ready. And I, I think it's not always the case where the best, like the eventual best player from the class wins rookie of the year. It's more so who's the most NBA ready their rookie year. And then, Obviously, those guys like a Chet or like a Jabari Smith that need kind of need kind of work done, and they need to work on their game a little bit more. And they can eventually ascend past, uh, you know, Bancaro. But I don't know. I feel like Rookie of the Year is always just who's like the most NBA ready because obviously mm-hmm. you just have one year to prove it. So um, that's who I feel is going to win Rookie of the Year. But I got a uh, Jaden Ivey as my Rookie of the Year for sure. Um, I just feel like uh, this Pistons team is a young team. They can run. Um, I think they might also be adding uh, DeAndre Ayton in this offseason, potentially, um, which would be insane. Uh, But uh, just Cade Cunningham, him, uh, Jalen Duran, I mean, that entire roster, I mean, he's a a playmaker. He can make – he makes everyone else around him better at Purdue. It's what he did, so – I just feel like the combination of his shooting, he can get to the basket at will. Um, he's very smart with his playmaking, his everything. Um, I just think he's a very NBA-ready player. Um, definitely one of the most NBA-ready players from this draft. 
Um, I, my personal opinion, more NBA ready than Chet, but uh, yeah, you know, that Jaden Ivey is definitely my uh, pick for sure. Yeah, um, you know, in in my mind, you know, my mind tells me it's it's Paulo, but I think my my heart tells me it's Chet. I don't know. I I just feel like he, like, I don't know. I think with that body, um, especially with. I feel like the NBA is kind of going towards that body type, maybe not that tall or thin, but um, he just seems like he, he does, he does a lot out there and I think he's got the right mindset. So I give it to him and, you know, I, I I think it's, I think it's going to be a good battle for it this year. Yeah. I think this year more than any, we're going to see like a lot of rookies really show out and and do really good. Um, So you really can't go wrong with any picks. Um, Next award we could talk about is uh, maybe six. Well, probably. I mean, it's so hard with six men. I think now. six men's so hard to tell because yeah. rosters yeah, are still juggling. Mm-hmm. It's I weird. Mean, I think. I think right now, um, one very popular one is Malcolm Brogdon because it it is thought that he will come off the bench for the Celtics, and obviously we know he's a great player. So, um, you know, Brogdon obviously like other easy answers would be like oh Tyler Hero and stuff like that. Um, but also, Hero said he wants to start now, so it's like I don't know. It, that yeah. Six man of the year is a hard one, but um, yeah, I, I think that's an award that's decided like closer to halfway through the season. That's when you start yeah. to see like, all right, who's who's making the biggest impact for their team when they when they go out there, you know? And it's like the first the first part of the season, you know, you can start you know early MVP talk. It's like, oh, like this guy's playing really well. Like if he keeps it up, blah blah blah. But the six man, like. It's just one of those roles where you just play really consistently for the whole season and, you know, you make your team better and it's just undeniable. Like, you know, the type of guy that just would start anywhere else, but on his team, he's the sixth man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another award uh, we can maybe touch on real quick, and this one's also a tough one, but uh, most improved player. One guy that I personally uh, think has a good chance at is, is Anthony Simons. Uh, Trailblazers. He he just got a good extension. I think it was like four years, hundred mil, something like that. Um, he showed flashes of being a great player, but he did it for like a quarter of the year. So I think if he goes out there and is able to do that for a full year, um, you know, obviously Dame's coming back, so his usage is probably going to go down and stuff like that. But if he's able to be efficient and play the way he did for that quarter of the year, I think he's definitely a great candidate for most improved. Uh, do you guys have any guys in mind for that one? Um, I was thinking uh, Kate Cunningham for that, for sure. Um, just because, you know, I talked about it before, Jaden Ivey, I think this uh, Pistons team is going to be way better than they were before. Obviously, they were, the, they were bottom of the barrel, but <clears throat> I think they'll be better than teams like the Knicks, um, the Nets, just just a lot of those uh, middle-of-the-pack East teams that have been there for a while. I feel like they'll kind of cement themselves there now. Um, yeah. But just in a, especially now that, you know, they're just going to have, I mean, they have basically almost a full roster or lineup of 20, 20 year olds. I don't think there's anybody that's 30. I mean, Sadiq Bay is also a very good player. Um, you know, that's, that's just to help Cade Cunningham be a playmaker. Um, and I just, I feel like he'll, he'll shine this year. Um, and his, uh, this is his second year, right? Yeah. 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 Second year for Cade Cunningham. So I think that he'll definitely explode for sure. Um, but what do you think, Stan? Yeah, I mean, I really don't know. Um, 
So I'm I'm gonna have to go with Kawhi. You know, posted yeah. abysmal stats. You know, last year, really, really terrible. So if he plays the whole season this year, he's gonna be a great improvement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. zero games to any games is a big improvement. Dude, I, so. I mean, come on, stats stats don't lie. So he went from zero uh, points to twenty six, dude. Holy crap! But uh, no, I I really don't know. I I think there's so many guys that are young. Um, you know, I look at someone like Anthony Edwards posted a crazy season last year, like un like super, super solid, did great with Minnesota. I think they added some good pieces. I think Gobert helps that team. And you know, it's just it's hard to say um he he's even has a chance to win it just because he played so well last season. But at the yeah. same time, I also feel like he's gonna come back and completely elevate his game even more. So it's like why kind of like similar just, to Jaw. Yeah, just because he he played good last season and he's playing even better this season, but there wasn't this massive, you know, jump. It's like, eh. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think I think it's a toss up, but yeah, uh, I, think I, really, too, I really don't have a prediction for that one, honestly. Yeah, I think too. What would help uh, Anthony Edwards' case is if Minnesota does end up being a top tier team in the West. Like if, if they're making some noise, I think that would definitely help his case as well. Because like it was the same thing with like Jaw and the Grizzlies. Like they were like a eight seven seed, I think, last year. Obviously, Jaw was great last year as well, but he made improvements this year, and the Grizzlies were at like a two seed. So I don't think he wins most improved if the Grizzlies are in a top team in the West. So uh, I think that would help Edwards' case in that. Another random name to throw in there, Lonzo Ball. Uh, yeah, Drew, I, I can just, see that. I, I don't know. That team's really solid. Another point guard goes out there, posts, you know, 20, maybe five rebounds just goes crazy with the assists as like, I mean, they're insane number, but like 12, 15 assists a game, which is crazy, obviously, but like, just, you know, completely facilitating the ball to some really talented scores over there. I mean, you never know, but I just thought it'd be yeah. another name to throw in the mix. No, that's fair. That's a good name. Yeah, that's a good name. Uh, finally, to wrap it up real quick, um, coach of the year. I don't, Obviously, I'm inclined to say Ime, but the only reason I'm not saying Ime is because I feel like if he were to win it, it would have been this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not much – like, if he didn't win it this year, I don't, I don't, I can't see a scenario where he wins it next year because they basically had the best, like, turnaround of all time. They made it to the finals. Like, you know, I don't really – I so for that reason, I'm going Taylor Jenkins, coach of the Grizzlies. Uh, I think he was a candidate this year as well and very possibly could have won it. Um, but if the Grizzlies show out again and are another top top team, I think Taylor Jenkins has a great chance at it. So that's my pick for coach of the year. But I mean, um, I'm not super well versed on all of the coaches, but I do think, yes, yeah, um, you know, kind of a dark horse pick. I do believe the Lakers are going to be pretty good uh, next <laughs> year, and obviously LeBron's the coach of that team. But Rick Carlisle, <laughs> I'm saying it right, isn't it Darvin Ham now? They got Darvin or no Ham. Darvin Ham, yeah. Darvin, like I, I, yeah, he, he he was a player, um, assistant coach on the Bucks. So, uh, you know, just bringing that over that Mike Budenholzer, uh, just defense, offense, just kind of that. That I mean, he has a lot of experience, just a crazy amount of experience. Um, so, I think if they do, you know, go all the way um, and they have a good season, I feel like he'll end up winning that coach of the year for sure. Just because, you know, sometimes by default, the best team, the record. <laughs> They usually get the best coach. I mean, coach of the year. Steve Kerr won a bunch of times. So, um, I mean, yeah, that's my pick. So, yeah, 
I'm uh I'm between I'm between a couple of people. Um, I think Ime. Um, if we make it back to the finals again, I think he makes a great case. Uh, two years in a row, young team, great case. Um, someone else I think deserves a lot of credit. Eric Spolster is still the coach of the Heat, right? Yeah, he's been there forever. I, I mean, if the Heat finish first again, like, yeah, I just solid team, good record. I think he he does a good job. It doesn't seem like there's a player coach there. I mean, Jimmy Butler obviously, but it seems like he does most of the, you know, decision making for him. Which you know you you got to look at in the coach. Like you like you said, th like. LeBron is the coach of that team. Like he, he does everything. So yeah. I think him. And then um, my actual pick is uh, the Grizzlies coach. Like Cam said, I forget what his, what was his name? Uh, Taylor Jenkins. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at that Grizzlies team, you look at what they did. You look at the talent. Um, I just, I think it's, I think it's him assuming nothing weird or crazy happens with that team, you know, injuries or something like that. I think they post a really solid record. Um, and I think they just get it done, and I think he, I think he gets rewarded for that, which uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on, un, I wouldn't be unhappy with. So yeah, no, that's a great pick as well. Um, so that was a great segment. I think uh, we made our opinions very clear about the Kevin Durant possible trade, and uh, it was fun kind of going through some very early award predictions. But uh, thank you guys Clear for consensus. We do not want KD. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yep, for sure. No, KD. Uh, But, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace. Peace.